You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Um, hopefully, everybody enjoyed Creamsicle Week. I enjoyed the color. I enjoyed talking about Creamsicle, and my posts on Instagram were fun. Um, the game itself was not quite so much fun. And before we get to that, okay, um, don't blame the Creamsicle on the way they played yesterday. I've been listening to radio all morning, and people are dogging out the Creamsicle. The Bucks would play well. Everybody would be like, oh, the creamsicle looked great. The creamsicle looked beautiful, okay? And to me, the color looks a little different than what we played with, which is fine. I think it's a little bit brighter, which is fine. Um, that's more the Josh Freeman orange, and, and, and once again, I still enjoyed it. Um, the game itself wasn't overly enjoyable. Now, I really thought the Buccaneers matched up well against the Lions. I did, because of a lot of things that I believed came to fruition. I would said this, and, and you know, during this In the Trenches episode, I'm going to give you some positives from the game, and there's not as many neg- as there's negatives, but there are some positives, believe it or not, okay? One of the positives is the Buccaneers still have a squad that nobody tries to pound. Nobody. The Lions, who really pound everybody, they come out and they run the ball first down, run the ball second down if, they, if you let them. They came in there thinking they cannot pound the ball on us. I think that's a positive. I really do. Down the way, if you can make teams one-dimensional, you can win a lot of football games. Defensively, you held that team to 20 points, okay? The the Lions are a good football team. Look at the previous Lions games. They're scoring in the 30s, maybe one in the 40s. They're scoring some points now. So defensively, especially with an offense that can't move the football like we had yesterday, defensively, I didn't think we played that poorly. I really don't. We got to get better, obviously, okay? And there were some things that were positive, but like I said, there was a lot more things uh, going negatively. And before I get to all those, I want to say this about the average uh, fan out there. We put too much stock in uh, and credence in winning and losing. Baker Mayfield, okay? If you look at the games that Baker Mayfield won and look at the games that Baker Mayfield lost, there's not that much difference. Yesterday, he was a little bit off, okay? He didn't play well, okay? He didn't play any worse than anybody else out there, but none of it was pretty. I mean, his protection was okay. I didn't see too many guys open. Unfortunately, when they were open, he missed them. So as a whole, it wasn't a great game. We put too much stock in winning and losing for a quarterback, like the other day, I was watching the one uh, game, uh, the Dolphins beat the uh, Broncos 70-20-something. to 20 something. And everybody was like, Russell Wilson's terrible. I was like, he scored 20-something points. 20-something points, but the other team, team scored 70. You don't get that many opportunities, the other team scores 70. It's not about winning and losing. And Baker Mayfield, what we've seen to this point, is what he is. He's going to have some games like yesterday. He's going to have a few games like he'd, uh, I would say the first four games, three of them he played well, one of them he played poorly. Now he has two poor games and three good games. That's probably when you're going to get at the end of the year. This is the problem. He may play well, we may still lose. That may happen. So we put too much stock in winning and losing when we, when we talk about evaluating a quarterback, all right? The Buccaneers and the Creamsicle, you know what their historical record is? 101, 226, and 1. So, <laughs> that's rough, okay? If it wasn't for, actually, I believe the Bucks may still be the, the losingest franchise in sports history. Maybe Brady got him out of the doldrums, but 
I understand it brought it brought back some bad memories for some people, but get over it, okay? I want to see the bucket. I want to see that orange at least once a year. I think it would make me happy. Now, it wasn't all negative yesterday, although I think sixty five percent of it probably was negative. Let me start off with the fan the fans. I wasn't there, but I do talk to people who do go to the games. I heard the Eagles game, and this is not me talking. I wasn't there. Our Eagle game was 70-30 Eagles. Now, if we think that we're this, that, and the other as a fan base, that can't happen. It can, I mean, it, it's going to happen. I get it. Times are tough, and people sell their tickets, and Eagle fans are going to pay up the nose. But it's hard to say that your fan base is rabid when you're selling your tickets. I don't see it with any other, well, not any, unless it's a team, you know, some teams travel amazing. The Steelers are just different. There's Steeler fans everywhere. There's Cowboy fans everywhere. Lions fans? I heard Lions fans were in there in droves. Our, our guy, Luke, who works here, showed me a picture of one side of the stadium. It was blue. It wasn't orange. It was blue. So I heard maybe... 40% Reliance fans, but it's not a great look, okay? Doesn't mean anything, but it's not a great look. And I heard, you know, Dan Campbell even say, man, I was shocked at the amount of Lions fans there. I don't want to hear that in my stadium. And I, I know the Buccaneers don't want to see that. I went through it. For all my years, I saw a lot of other people's fans. But we sucked. This team doesn't suck, and they haven't had a history of sucking lately, so... Let's hope that improves a little bit, okay? That's def definitely negative. But let's get to the positives. Our guy Gadecki, the right tackle, okay? I was ready to light him up because during the week, he came out and said something like, I've played better as far as going against Aiden Hutchinson. I think Aiden Hutchinson's top four rusher in the league ends, uh, maybe in the league, period, okay? I watch, he's an amazing rusher, killing people, bull rushing. Him and, and Max Crosby and Bosa, and there's a bunch of them out there, but he's up in there. He's amazing. For Gadecki to come out and say, I played better this year, boy, I tell you, before the game, it's just, it's not wise. Why, why do you want to get somebody riled up, a good football player riled up? I didn't want to get John Randall riled up. I didn't want to get Reggie White riled up or Chester McLaughlin. None of them cats. I'm going to shut my mouth and go ahead and play and say good game afterwards. Do not rile people up. Don't. So I was like, I was watching him all game long. That was a negative part. Here's a positive part. Gadecki played his ass off. I believe Hutchinson had one pressure, and every game to this point this series had at least six pressures. Gadecki played his ass off in the midst of really a really terrible outing uh, offensively. Kalijah Kansi. I, I don't really didn't even know what number he was, to be honest with you. Every time he plays, he does something. He makes noise. He, I, and I don't, he can't play a lot because he's not ready. He didn't go through training camp, so he can't play 60 plays, obviously. I didn't look to see him. He probably, you know, probably played 20 plays or so. The kid makes plays. Every time I see him in there, he makes plays. That was a positive. Tompkins, I like the way he returns kicks. He got a little fearless to him, okay? We, we need that. We've had some you know, people in the past doing a lot of tippy-toeing. I, like, I don't like a lot of tippy-toeing. Now, I'm going to crucify Joe Tran Swank in a little bit, okay? I want you guys to check yourself because the broadcasters do this all the time. 
Great job by Joe Schwanka. He blocked that pass. As an offensive lineman, you know what I'm never going to get somebody credit for? Blocking a pass as a defensive lineman. If you block a pass as a defensive lineman, you know what that means? You're blocked and your feet are shut. I don't know if Lawrence Taylor ever blocked a pass. Literally. Okay? Derek Thomas, I don't think he ever blocked a pass. He was always going like a bat out of hell towards a quarterback, not stopped. If you stop and jump, that means your pass rush is over. That's something Vita Vea does. I am not going to give Joe Tryon Sharanka love for blocking a pass. Now, he got a sack in the game. You remember the play? It was on the other sideline from where he was. So... He was rushed out of the pocket, and Joe Tranchranka rushed him, and Goff, he should have just tossed the ball out of bounds. Goff ran out of bounds four yards deep, and Trank, Joe Tranchranka was the only guy there. From the other side, that's not a sack, really, okay? The rest of it is hot garbage. I'm to the point now where I would, if the defensive coaches were here, I would say, somebody tell me why he's in the game. Somebody tell me why, what his strengths are. If his strengths are blocking passes and dropping into coverage, because that's what he does half the time, put a DB in there. This kid, I don't get it. I get he's a high pick. I don't see anything from Joe Tryon Tranka. I mean, nothing. It's sad to me. And I put that into pauses because I hear people giving him positive praises for blocking passes. Get out of here, man. You got to watch that kid on film. I'm telling you. Pull the plug. Pull the plug. Kamarda may be our best player. Kamarda's amazing. I think he averaged 54 yards or something like that on six punts. He punted too much. But he's an, an incredible, incredible football player that's got herself in, out of a lot of problems this year, okay? this The game against the Falcons is going to be crucial coming up. You lose to the Falcons, boy, it'll go straight Downhill from that point. Falcons are three and three. They're not that bad. They're not that impressive, but they're not that damn bad. All right. Unfortunately, looking at my list, there's not a lot more positives than that. Now, that's the unfortunate part. There's a lot of negatives. All right. You know the name of this uh, podcast in the trenches. The Bucks lost in the trenches yesterday. Period. All right. You can't you can't win games that way. The first interception that Baker Mayfield threw. Once again, a blocked pass. All right. But watch it. First of all, Mike Evans is wide open, okay? Maybe for a touchdown. But he was open very early, though. Baker Mayfield, he, he, he pump faked it. Then, th okay, this is the problem, right? When you pump fake a ball, you can't throw it right back to where you pump faked it because that's where everybody's heading. And that's what happened when he jumped up and he tipped the ball. He shouldn't have pump faked the ball. He literally could have thrown it while he was pump faking it and it would have been a touchdown. So that, to me, is almost a missed assignment by Baker Mayfield. That was a missed opportunity slash missed assignment. Every ball that went over 15 yards yesterday didn't look good from Baker Mayfield. None of them, unfortunately. It hasn't been like that all year long. You know, third downs, we had too many third and longs. We're not built that way. No team is built that way. That being said, you want some more negatives? The Lions are converting third and tens, third and fourteens. Actually, two touchdowns. One was third and 10, one was third and 14. And there were broken coverages. 
You're going to play against a good football team, a very good football team. Can't make mistakes. They, they're going to beat you up anyways. When you make mistakes and give them touchdowns, it's going to look like it did, it, look it did yesterday. Listening to the press conference with uh, uh, Todd Bowles, I usually don't, people can't stand what Todd Bowles has to say, and he's kind of boring on, on the on the podium, he is. He said a couple of things I did not like, and I don't really pick on what coaches say. He was like, oh, no excuses, but uh, we looked sluggish after the bye week. That's an excuse. We looked sluggish after the bye week? Is this an excuse? That's on, that's on coaching. Okay, you can't say no excuses and then say we look sluggish after the bye week. This just got punched in the mouth, okay? Then he said, we practice well. If you practice well, then you weren't sluggish. If you say we had a terrible week of practice, then you can say we were sluggish. If you practice well, you weren't sluggish. You just got punched in the mouth. And the Lions just punched the Buccaneers square in the mouth, okay? Mike Evans is the first Ballard Hall of Famer. But when you're looking for a new contract and you know, you're holding your team hostage and you're this, that, and the other. What you can't do is have a one huge drop every single week. I'm a Mike Evans fan. I like everything about Mike Evans' game. Not the drops, though. I mean, and the drops aren't, I mean, you can have drops that are contested. His drops are usually mental. They're wide open catches. You'll never drop those in practice. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset thing. You have to know, you have to be in the moment. And for a, for a Hall of Famer, you would think he would always be in the moment. But for God's sakes, Mike Evans drops at least one easy, big pass every single game, it seems like. And not all the way back to last year, but last year he had a, he had a few as well. So that's, that's got to get better, okay? It's got to get better, and it's got to get better soon. Real, real soon. And for us saying at the beginning of the year, and I, I didn't agree with it, Oh, our receiving staff is just as good as anybody else's. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. And when I, we're not a physical football team offensively. We don't have a lot of speed offensively. We're not all that sure-handed offensively. We're still trying to figure out what we are offensively. Defensively, everybody you know here at a dignitary tea in Kava House. Everybody watching the game. Everybody went batshit crazy uh, when Carlton Davis got mowed down in that one touchdown situation on that block. Okay, he got mowed down. All right. People that are commenting on have never played football though, because football is a fast sport. When you're out there and your your head has to be on a swivel. When you're looking at a running back and you you're looking to tackle somebody, sometimes you're not looking at the blockers as well. He barely saw that guy coming. And he got smoked. Okay. Okay. He got smoked. I'm not holding that against Carlton, Carlton Davis. I'm just. I'm not doing that. But as a whole, we didn't play all that well in the defensive backfield yesterday. Uh, we got. We got to be better than that. The one. The one kid uh, at the at the end of the game could have made a play, didn't. It was just. It's too many situations like that. Unfortunately. All right. There's too many plays out there that we didn't make. That were out there. Ryan Neal. All right. Ryan Neal had perfect coverage on Jamison Williams. Now, it's so easy to sit on your couch and go, all you got to do is watch the ball. While you're running full speed backwards with a great athlete looking at the ball. See, a great if you're a receiver, all you got to do is look at the ball, right? If you're a DB, you have to look at the ball. You have to also feel where the receiver is. Trust me, people. That's the hardest thing on the planet to do. 
So I'm not going to be the one sitting there and say, Ryan Neal, you're this, that, and the other. That being said, I got my eye on Ryan Neal. I don't know where his strengths are. I'm not quite sure. He just I, I hear his name too much, all right? A lot of our defensive backs were hearing their names too much, and unfortunately it was it's on, on the negative side. The one negative thing I saw about those uniforms, and I love the uniform. I love to see them again. I'm wearing my, I'm drinking my Mitra 9 uh, orange today and the creamsicle. Vita Vea, I'd like to let him wear black because uh, Vita Vea in the oranges, it was not. They showed him at the the game standing there with his hands on his waist. See, as a big man, I was a big man early. My mother sat me down very early and she said, there's a couple colors you should not wear. Yellow, orange, uh, maybe she said something else. But it was not flattering to Vita Vea, that orange, okay? I mean, I bet he put put that jersey on and looked in the mirror he's like, Ey. yeah, pewter and gray is better for him. Although I'm not dogging out his play, Vita's one of the guys that's out there playing. But we need to hear we need we need to hear more of him. Period. Now let's get back to a JTS uh, try on Shwayenka. Pull the plug on the experiment. Pull the plug. It's not like he's being he's playing out of place. He plays the same position as Bosa and Aiden Hutchinson and Crosby. And Micah Parsons, he plays the same position as those guys. And he was really drafted about the same time as those guys. You see what I'm trying to say? Well, when does he ever do anything? When does he ever do anything? I know a little bit about football, unfortunately, for Joe Tryon Trianka. And to see him take on blocks and turn his head? Micah Parsons is going down there and destroying everybody and their mama. Everybody. Joe Tryon Tranko come down there and turn his shoulders. Eh, I'm going to make the play. Eh. Come on, man. You're a first-round pick. Always so imp- He's got long arms and blah, blah, blah. That's what you say to people who can't play. He cannot play. He made, he made one play yesterday, uh, was blocking a pass. The other one, he had a sack on the other side. It was eight after eight seconds. For what? For what? That being said, I don't think you've ever heard me dog Shaq Barrett on this on this uh, show. I hear his name all game. Shaq Barrett has to be present. The Lions didn't run. The Lions didn't even try to run the football yesterday. The Lions just threw the football. Shaq Barrett's got to be way better. Than, Shaq Barrett, we got to hear your name, brother. We got to. I mean, I love. I got love for Shaq Barrett as a football player, but. I didn't hear his name nearly enough yesterday. I mean, not even not even close. It's like I said earlier, I like the fact that nobody tries to run the football on the Buccaneers. I literally I said to somebody, when was the last time somebody really ran the ball down the Buccaneers' throats? It's been a lot I mean, literally, it's been a long time. The, the Eagles did it to us a little bit in a finesse type of way. But the Lions running game is completely different than the Eagles. It's more of a downhill, smash mouth type of thing. And nobody wants to come at Vita Vea and Will Golston and those guys. But they sure had a lot of time to sit back and throw the ball. Too, too, too much time. But we got to see more Shaq Barrett, okay? You got, we've got to see more Shaq Barrett. Now, I warned you guys at the beginning of the year, sometimes success... Um, masks things and I'm not right now it's only you know six games into the season and it's hard to evaluate people and how they're doing right 
Canales, who's our offensive coordinator, everybody was Google over Gaga in the first few games. Well, I said this, and then almost like what I said earlier about the quarterback situation and how we over-evaluate wins and losses. As an athlete, it shouldn't matter if you win or lose. There were some games I played like a horse's ass and we won. And there's some guys I games I balled out and we lost. As an athlete, you have to evaluate yourself the same. You have to figure out a way to evaluate yourself the same as everybody else or else you'll never become great. All right? Canales has a play caller. People were giving him credit early. You know, we're scoring 20 points, 24 points. People are getting all this credit like it's so innovative and it was just good. It was just innovative enough for it to work that week. But we still, if I ask Buccaneer fans out there, let me ask you right now, what is our offensive identity? And if I, if you don't have an answer, then be sure enough we're not winning anything. It doesn't mean we can't win a game. But you can't tell me any champion or anybody that's won anything in the last little while that you can't tell me what their identity is, offensively or defensively. So Canales, who looked like this, you know, quote-unquote genius in the first few weeks, definitely didn't look genius like against the Eagles and definitely didn't look genius like uh, yesterday and against the Lions and a pretty darn good football team. Creativity... That word creativity, which people love to use for offensive coordinators, is directly associated to success. And I, I know people, some people understand what I'm saying and some people don't. Let me explain it to you. I just I was listening to sports radio just before I got on this podcast. I was listening to uh, uh, Jay and Z on uh, 620. And I was listening to uh, a caller. And the caller said just this. We run the ball down the middle too much. I hate when we run the ball down the middle. It's a wasted play. Huh? What are you talking about? When you run the ball down the middle and don't get any yards, it's a wasted play. Remember when Mike Allstott used to be on the team and we gave him the ball in short yards and he stopped us and everybody said, everybody knows Mike Allstott's getting the ball. Forget about 80 times, 80% of the time he gets the first down. If he doesn't get the first down, we're too predictable. Shit. Tell you what, you know what's the best thing in the world? Is to be predictable and still run it. And it won't matter. Third one, what are the Eagles going to do? Anybody? When that damn sneak, what's going to happen? You'll get the first down. Predictable, right? Predictable but efficient. We haven't done anything offensively efficient this year on a consistent basis. We just haven't. We haven't done anything really defensively either on a consistent basis. We Well, we stopped the run for the most part. Once again, that Eagles game, we hope, is an anomaly. But for the most part, the Buccaneers stopped the run. For the most part. We don't rush the passer as well as I'd like to. Our fits aren't like sometimes we're out of position. We're with too many missed assignments for the sixth week. Listen, you don't win championships with missed assignments. None. You can't. You can't have two missed assignments for two touchdowns against a good football team in the Lions. They're going to score some of their own. You got to make it hard. You have to make it hard. I don't think we made it hard enough defensively yesterday, unfortunately. Now, the Buccaneers, it's not the end of the world. 
but lose to the Falcons, and it's going to get hairy real, real quick. Because right now, you know, the Buccaneers, the three games that they won, they're three and two, and we're blessed. I think at the beginning of the year before it started, we said we're going to be three and two. I would say, yeah, let's go. Especially since the rest of the South is absolutely terrible. So the Bucs were three and two. They lost to the Eagles and the Lions. Probably the two most credible losses uh, in the NFL right now. Collectively, those teams are 10 and two. You can still lose to those two teams and still come back and meet them another time and beat them. That's a possibility, okay? So they've lost to legitimate, they've lost to legitimate football teams. I don't think you should feel bad about losing to legitimate football teams. This is where it gets a little scary. Who have you beaten? They've beaten the Vikings, the Bears, and the Saints, collectively with a 6-12 and 12 record. But even forget about record, it's early in the season. Does anybody think any team between the Vikings, the Bears, and the Saints is going to emerge as like uh, some kind of a world beater towards the back end of the season? I don't see it. I personally, Jefferson's out. The Bears just don't get it in general. And the Saints just don't look good to me. They just don't look right. Something, something is off. So next week, we get the 3-3 three and three Falcons. Mess around and win that game. Where we got the flow going again. Mess around and lose that game. Looking forward to the next one, I believe, is the Bills. But I'm not a stadium. I'm, I'm, I'm just not a, a, a schedule watcher. I don't like to do that. But if you do look ahead to the Buccaneers' schedule, I think it definitely favors them more so than it being a bunch of world beaters, okay? I know there's Buffalo on there. But there's two Carolinas, there's another Saints, there's two Falcons, I believe there's a Texans, there's a Titan. The Titans aren't that great anymore. Texans are up and down. I mean, the Buccaneers figure out a way to, to you know, for the two Saints game, for the one Saints game, the two Falcons games, and the two Carolina games, you win five of those, which is possible. Or four, or four out of five in the playoffs. Nobody else is winning in the South. Nobody, every team lost in the South yesterday. Everyone. And none of them look like they're going to emerge into anything. And if you ask, you know, any fan in the South right now, who's the best team in the, in the, in the South, NFC South? It's the Buccaneers. Didn't say they're a good football team. And you can say this, it's, it's almost a carbon copy of last year. And I'm going to say this. For those who had every right, some a couple times early in the season, to say... The Buccaneers looked better with Baker Mayfield than Tom Brady. Let me reciprocate. Tom Brady yesterday scores more than six points there yesterday because he ain't missing those two Palmer throws. Brady barely ever gets the balls tipped. Think, think back now. You know why? You know, you know why linemen don't get picked. They're six foot one. I was six foot one. You know why I don't get picked? Because every once in a while you're gonna go against a six foot seven guy that's gonna overpower you, and it happened to me sometimes. It happened to me every once in a while. You know why quarterbacks at 5'11 or 6 foot don't get picked? Because you're shorter. It's harder. If you're 6'7, it's easier to throw over the line. It's easier to see everything. Maybe his maybe shortness is, is, is a shortcoming. Because it's short look. He sure looked short yesterday. He played short too. Still like his fight. Maybe the shortcomings are just kind of coming to fruition right now. They got to play better around Baker though. They just really weren't good enough around Baker Mayfield. I'm not dogging him out. But just last week, everybody's ready to hand over the keys to the future. That's what you asked for because I just, 
He's still taking too many hits from me, and I don't know if the kid's going to be the future anytime soon. If anybody ever wants to hit me up, you hit me up on social media. It's Ian underscore Beckles. I usually do Instagram. I do some other podcasts as well. Uh, this one in the trenches, Mental Intimacy with lovely Dr. Gina. And I do uh, Brooks and Beckles as well with uh, Mr. Derek Brooks. So if you want to listen to some more football talk, uh, go to Brooks and Beckles. I actually uh, film every uh, week at Emily Arena. So check that out as well. Listen, next week, let's hope it's a, a, a victory Monday and we're, feel, we're feeling good about ourselves. Give you a mess around to win that game. You're 4-2. and two. You're still in a driver's seat looking good. And looking ahead, there's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. Lose that, get, lose that game, you look ahead and you go, oh boy, it could get rough. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Please enjoy the rest of your week and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.